What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Mystery Ranch, built for the mission. And if you have been rocking a Mystery Ranch Fireline pack for your career, well, that sucks to be you, dog. Mystery Ranch makes arguably the best, the most comfortable, and the most bitchin' warranty in the fire game for their fire packs. Yeah. So you better uh, go over there and switch up your game. Go over to www.mysteryranch.com to check them out and, you know, give a couple elbows to some folks, tell them to get the, the right gear for the job. But other than that, uh, Mystery Ranch is built off of the boots on the ground and they actually give a shit. They actually are. What, the reason why I say that is because they, they take input and advice. And in fact, Dana Gleason, who uh, founded Mystery Ranch, he went down to South Ops and he actually tied in with a couple of crews down there and developed what pack you are probably wearing on your back that you all know and love, AKA the hotshot pack. So other than that, they do a bunch of other stuff for the community, like the Backbone Series scholarships. Yeah, they're pretty cool. They're giving out $1,000 scholarships to anybody who uh, wants to tell a story of wildland fire and what they do in the on the line. Yeah, it's pretty freaking awesome. They're doing their, uh, they are doing a closing here pretty soon is actually rapidly approaching. So uh, May 31st, that's going to be the deadline to get your story submitted into Mystery Ranch's Backbone series. So if you want to find out more or submit your story, go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check it out. There's also links in the show notes and on the YouTubes and all that other stuff. So go check it out, www.mysteryranch.com. And of course, we have our coffee sponsor because we all know that the Anchor Point Podcast can't come to you live to your ears or pre-recorded to your ears unless it's uh, done in a very caffeinated state. So the people that I rely on for my caffeination is none other than Hotshot Brewery. It's kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause and a portion of the proceeds will always go back to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation and some other causes that they're just, uh, yeah, they're working on it, but there might be some uh, other stuff in the works there. So if you want the best in kick-ass coffee and for kick-ass causes, go over to WWW Hotshot Brewery, but it just doesn't stop there. You can go over there and get your full line of wildland firefighter themed apparel and all of the tools of the trade to get your morning started off right. So once again, that is www.hotshotbrewery.com. Go check them out. And of course, I got to give a quick little shout out to my buddy Booze over at the Ass Movement. And that stands for the anti-service shitting movement. Homie's a firefighter up there in AK and he's doing the good deed of spreading poo-bearing propaganda across the globe. I don't know about everybody out there that's listening, but I absolutely hate it when I see a surface turd or someone just doesn't clean up their wreckage left behind their human excrement and it's disgusting and that shit needs to stop. So not only is he one of my very close homies uh, and we work together on some other projects, uh, it's, yeah, he's got a good mission. and. It was all started from humble beginnings, which you can ask him all about. Anyways, if you head over to www.thefirewild and check out the ass movement and use the code anchorpointass10 at checkout, well, you can save 10% off your entire order through the ass movement. Go check them out. Once again, that is www.thefirewild.com forward slash the ass movement. And last but not least, I would like to give a little shout out to my homie Bethany over at the AWE, the American Wildfire Experience, also known as the Smoky Generation. Yeah, you probably heard of it because they are paying it back for the people that are paying it forward. And what do I mean by this? Well, the folks that are telling the story of wildland fire. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard, but you should have by now if you ever listened to any of these episodes. Yeah. 
the uh, Smoky Generation is giving out $500 grants for those folks in the field that are telling the story of Wildland Fire. It's an awesome cause and it's only bettering the boots on the ground. So if you want to find out more, go over to www.wildfireexperience.org and check it out. There's a ton of stories. There's a ton of uh, content and there's shit. Some of these stories are dating even back to the 1940s. It's like an, uh, it's like a oral history, an oral storytelling project, and it's all cataloged over at the American Wildfire Experience. So once again, if you want to check it out and find out more, go over to www.wildfireexperience.org and check it out. The views and opinions of this podcast do not reflect the views and opinions of the United States government, the Department of the Interior, the Department of Defense, the Department of Agriculture, the United States Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, National Park Service, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or any private, municipal, county, or state firefighting organization, any law enforcement agency, any medical provider, or any contractor employed by any federal agency. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. I hope everybody is doing well, and I hope everybody is gearing up for the, I guess, not even shoulder season. It's it's, it's the season. I mean, Region 3 is already heating up, and then you got a bunch of stuff going on in, like, I don't know, the the Midwest, the East, all over the place. Like, what, what the hell is going on? And we're having, like, a start to last year where everything's popping off what seems to be pretty early. But is it going to be a banger of a season or is it going to peter out like last year? I don't know. Maybe we'll have somebody from Predictive Services on the show to tell us what the crystal ball foretells. But I do hope that everybody is doing well and I hope everybody is in shape and ready for the season. And I hope everybody had a good winter. Apologies for the lack of presence and recording. Uh, There's going to be some massive overhauls and updates for uh, the Anchor Point and all of its little projects. So I think you're going to enjoy a lot of them. So yeah. There's gonna be some pretty cool stuff. Maybe a Wikipedia, maybe a forum, maybe some other stuff, some information sharing, hot list kind of update stuff. Yeah, big stuff's happening. It's pretty cool. But anyways, let's get on to it with today. So today on the episode, we are gonna have Anthony Powers. He's one of the co-founders of the Hotshot Up Foundation. And the Hotshot Up Foundation is a nonprofit organization. It's 501c3. And their mission is to support the families of firefighters who have fallen in the line of duty. It is pretty freaking awesome organization and they do a kick-ass volleyball tournament every year. So if you want to uh, go and check out this volleyball tournament and go and have a good time and support a good cause, definitely go over to www.hotshotup.com so you can sign up for the 2023 Hotshot Up Volleyball Tournament. Anyways, Today on the show, like I said, we got Anthony Powers. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest and awesome human, Mr. Anthony Powers. Welcome to the Anchor Point. There we go. Come on, fancy man. I like the clap, clap in thing, nice. you know? Oh, it's a nice clapper, dude. It's the clap. <laughs> no, not, not that. 
Anyways, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast. Today on the show, I've got Anthony Powers from the Hot Shot Up nonprofit organization. What's going on, dude? What's up, dude? How are you? Fine and dandy, getting over the uh, the sickness that my kids constantly pass like around the house. It's, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it sucks. As soon as they hit daycare, dude, it's just like it was game over as far as like trying to remain healthy. It's like, there was a month that I'm not sick. It's like a miracle. <laughs> yeah. It, I feel you. I just woke up yesterday morning with a little something scratchy throat. And <clears throat> so I'm feeling the effects of that today, but, um, yeah, we we're cutting it up a little bit about that. Oh yeah. It's hard to, it's, it's hard to, to get away from that when they're, they're constantly bringing home with all their little germs, but what can you do, man? Just, just roll with the punches, man. For it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, man. Sure. So I'm glad to have you on the show today. And, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a hot minute. We've been trying to like set this thing up for a hell of a long time, probably what, six months, maybe even more. I think longer. Yeah. 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 Well, we, we tried last year and then it didn't, it just didn't pan out. And then, we tried again earlier this year, but, um, yeah, I'm glad to finally be able to do it. Almost didn't happen again. <laughs> I know, dude. Kids are having a meltdown. Right. But, um, again, like it's rad when you, when you got a, a spouse that could handle that and just, so she got him out of the house. Wasn't, wasn't smooth, but it happened. <laughs> so <laughs> finally, well, uh, it's, it's quiet. And then it's, it's, uh, we'll be able to knock this out. Yeah. So I thank her for that for sure. Oh yeah, man. I feel you on the uh, kids. It's, it's, it's difficult at times, you know, trying to like balance like the, the work and like kids and yeah, it gets pretty difficult. And especially if you have to be in like a quiet place, if you're like recording it. Yeah. I'm like, sorry, honey. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for taking the kids, but I got to record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to have to soundproof your room. She, uh, yeah, they do. They do a lot, man. They, I can't. I can't stress it enough but to, to be able to, uh, to have the, the job and emergency services and, and be, go, be gone all the time. It, it has, uh, it definitely has its effects on, on home life. And for all those fire girlfriends, fire wives, fire moms, um, any type of emergency services, they, they definitely, they hold it down and, uh, they, they deserve a lot of, uh, acknowledgement for that. You know, it's, it's a lifestyle that, uh, I'm not sure everybody understands, but not a lot of people can handle yeah, too. It takes then, a special like individual to put up with first responder bullshit. In my opinion. I mean, and that's another thing too, yeah. is like the first responders are like, Oh, you're a first responder. It must be so hard. You must carry a heavy load. And yeah, you do. But the people that are holding it down and carrying arguably the heaviest load out of that uh, group of folks is definitely the people back at home taking care of the kids and like holding all the stuff together. Like while the first responders at work, that's, that's a burden yeah. bear, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely there. They are the unsung heroes, you know, the ones in the, the shadows or whatever, like, like they say, there's always a, the better half. Right. Mm -hmm. So without them, uh, people wouldn't be able to do what they do. So oh. that's a good start to this, I think. Oh yeah. You know, oh, hats yeah. off to the 
to the wives and moms. Thank you guys for allowing guys like us to do what we do. Oh yeah. Definitely a shout out to those folks that can put up with our crap. That's for damn sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, man. So tell us about yourself, man. So you were a hotshot originally and you moved into structure. We talked about this a little bit off to off camera, off record. And uh, yeah, let's just dive back right into it, man. Get a little background on you and what you've created, what you've done. Yeah. Take it away, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm born and raised in Southern California, uh, San Fernando Valley, uh, West Hills, California. And, um, I got into firefighting when I was about 19. Um, and took some classes at Valley college, joined a type two crew, which was crew 70 monarchs. Um, and it's a weird full, full circle. And I was kind of explaining that to you earlier, but, um, yeah, so I did a season with that, uh, on that crew for a season, uh, with a couple of my best friends from high school. Uh, we all kind of went to ENT school together at West Valley occupational, had a, an older friend that we all kind of knew from the neighborhood that got into wildland firefighting and told me about it. And, uh, he was a, a buddy of mine. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, I hadn't seen him all summer and, uh, surfing, surfing butt of mine. I'm like, dude, where you been at when I ran into him? And, and next thing you know, um, kind of just put us on that path. Like, Hey, this is, this is what I'm doing. You guys would love it. You guys should check it out. Next thing you know, we're hiking Hills with, um, you know, our local Hills in in the, in the Valley here. And, racing up the mountain together and that's, it was just, it all kind of fell into place. Um, got on that crew, fell in love with it, had some extremely good leaders on that crew that kind of showed us what right looked like and, and really kind of drove home the importance of being a good person and, and, um, and making good decisions, um, kind of gave me some direction to what I wanted to do. And next year, got picked up on the Angeles on a hotshot crew bear divide worked there for like seven years and then made the jump to Dalton as a squad leader, um, promoted to the rank of captain left in 2020, um, to work for Burbank fire department. I was given the opportunity, uh, and took it. That was a, uh, hard decision to make, but, um, I was ready for a change professionally and I was ready for a change in my home life, uh, with, you know, being a career hotshot and, and, uh, it was, it was tough to leave, you know, cause I, I really, I really loved that job. Um, but in the midst of all that timeline, you know, you got married, you get married, you have kids, And then, um, you start realizing for me anyways, I started realizing that I was spending a lot more time on cold pieces of line and missing really important things. Um, and I had felt that like it was my turn to, to, you know, carry that other burden, the one that my family had been carrying with me being gone all the time. And 
doing what I well, at least trying to make a make a change so that I could start kind of carrying some of that load and not be the one that's just gone all the time. And I'm st- I still am gone, you know. But um, I'm a lot closer to home. Yeah, it's like 20 minutes away from where I live. So uh, better than halfway across. I get the to serve the. Yeah, yeah, you know, you spend a half a lifetime, you know, and serving your nation, your nation's communities and in protecting them from catastrophic fire and, and all these different things and, and doing your job for public lands and and everything else. <clears throat> and it was great. It was I wouldn't change anything of the path that I chose. Um as a matter of fact, I miss it a lot because of all the too, things man. that came of it. I do too. You know, but, uh, but now I get to serve the community more, more locally and, uh, have a different impact. And a lot of the stuff that came from the hotshots, um, carries right over into what I'm doing today. Um, it's just a different job, you know, Still it wasn't, the it wasn't easy. It wasn't as, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a super, well, yeah, I, I get to do that. I get to do that <laughs> still, you know, um, very fortunate to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, and that it's weird now. Cause like I was, I was telling you, um, being able to now take the crew out, which, you know, remembering how, you know, where I came from starting on that type two crew and now, you know, mobilizing with that crew and taking them out as a crew boss and, and kind of seeing myself and, and those folks, um, and trying to provide them good direction and help them achieve their goals. Um, you really can't make that up. It's a weird full circle thing. And I'm doing, um, I'll be doing it this year, uh, potentially depending on how, on how the season goes, uh, with a buddy that started on that crew with me. No shit. She's like a really good friend of mine from like junior high. Yeah. Dude, this so is it's so just, similar it's, it's to kind like, of crazy. This is like so similar to the end of my uh, fire career, dude. It's like wild, but yeah, I'll get into that later. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. But yeah, man. Um, so, so yeah, very, okay. very fortunate. Oh yeah. No, I was just saying, I, I feel very fortunate. There's something special about that full circle like scenario. Um, it's, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. And like things happen for a reason. I'm not a believer in coincidence. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. Shit happens for a reason. That's the kind of person. I yeah. Am. And, uh, it's similar kind of thing happened to me at the end of my fire career. I started my career in Doyle, California, which is like middle of nowhere outside of Susanville. Not really. It's in between like Reno and Susanville. Right. And, uh, yeah, I know where Doyle is. Yeah, dude. I, I love that station. It is in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> <laughs> middle of nowhere for most. But then again, I've been at way more remote duty stations like powers, Oregon. Oh my gosh town of like 67 yeah. people, dude. But, uh, yeah, uh, started my career there and then went on messed around, did like, you know, the apprenticeship program, went and did hell attack stuff, hot shot stuff, and then come all the way full circle back to where both me and my buddy Bronson started our careers at Doyle station. And he's the captain and I'm the assistant and we have our own crew. And it's like, it was just fucking awesome, dude. It was a great time. Yeah. Yeah, that's rad. But, uh, you did bring up something pretty important there about like the work family balance and being a hotshot and then trying to balance all that family stuff and like having kids and getting married and all of the like life things. Right. 
I will say that, you know, being a hotshot or being yeah. a wildland, a federal wildland firefighter or contractor or state uh, wildland firefighter in general, it's tough. It's super tough on families, especially when you get to that point where you are married, you have kids, you got the dogs to take, take care of all that stuff. And then you have to sometimes like a lot of people, they have to make that decision. And you and I are both those people that had to make that decision to get out of the game and go do something else. I mean, yeah, we'll still, you know, fire is going to, that's going to, that whole like climate, that whole, uh, career in the fed service kind of like made us who we are today to some degree. But what was like, I guess what I'm getting at is like, what was like the ultimate decision factor for you? Was it the family or what was it, man, to switch it up? Ah, oh, man, it was a lot of things. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot to do with family and, um, and just kind of, I always knew that I would regret it if I didn't at least try, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to make it happen. Um, not that, I mean, live with regret on things <laughs> and hindsight's always twenty twenty, Right. But, um, if I, if I would, tr- if I didn't try, which I, isn't really in my like nature. Um, I, at the end of the day, if I, if I did try it and I didn't make it happen, I would have been content with, you know, ending my career as a, you know, as a hotshot or wherever I would have ended up. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have been completely content. Uh, and I, I would have been able to say, Hey, I gave it, I gave it a shot. And the, the reason for that was to, to have a, try to have a better balance home life, um, for work and family. Um, and so I gave it a shot and then the opportunity was there. And it's something that I always wanted to do. It's just, you know, you get that, you get that bug, um, and you start, you start getting really involved with hotshotting because if, if you, if you do it, you do it for as long as, as I did, you, unless you love it, why are you, why are you there? (laughs) It can be a pretty miserable place to be sometimes. Um, the job is not glamorous, but, uh, you definitely, you get immersed into that, that, that line of work. And, um, you know, if you're not there for what that occupation has to offer, then, you know, you're not there for the money, obviously. Um, so I guess to kind of sum that up when it was time and that opportunity was presented to me, cause I, I was trying pretty hard. Why try so hard to do something? If when you're given the opportunity, you don't go for it, Yeah, you know? So, and, and that's kind of ultimately I'm talking with my wife and, and things like that was like, she's like, well, I want to make sure that you're going to be happy doing this, you know? Cause it was, there was some risk with that, you know? And, and, uh, ultimately it was like, yeah, I mean, it, you could get hurt. You could not pass. And there's some, there's some leeway there. If you try to, you know, as a career employee with the federal agency, you got three years for your quals. And, um, I tried to leave on the best terms possible with the folks that I worked with. Um, cause there's relationships there and that's what this whole organization, that's what this whole 
fire service is about, you know, it's about relationships and the people that, the people that have been in it long enough and the people that are coming into it will soon find that out. Um, that that's what it's all about. It's about the people, right? hundred percent. So, uh, when I, when I did, when I did make that move, um, it wasn't easy. It, it's like, it's like you're trying, you're, you're taking a, a hockey player and telling them, okay, Hey, um, you might've been really good at hockey, but now you, you need to go play golf. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a great analogy or Unless comparison, you're but, um, <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and it's, <laughs> there's just a lot to learn. So, oh, okay. I can, I can do this. It's just the firefighting part. Isn't necessarily the most difficult thing to, I mean, to figure out, you know, it burns, you put it out, right? Throw dirt, spray water, hot shotting, um, structure firefighting. There's other complexities to it. And the pace is much different too, which was hard for me to adjust to because um, everything's like a freaking IA, you know, it's just dead ass metal, get out. It's yeah, everything's super fast. And, and that has to do with timing and, and things like that. And at first I was like, these guys are freaking crazy, you know, but then they look at some of the stuff that we would do and they're like, those guys are crazy. And it's just, it's just, you, you got good people in positions that are good at their jobs and, um, you, you got to build that trust, you know, and not, there's, there's guys that, that you'll work with throughout your career that you're like, man, that guy's so dialed and he's, he's solid, but, um, that's not a good combination with you as an individual, you know, Yeah, like kind of like oil and water kind of try to respect the other person. Yeah, exactly. They just don't work well together or whatever it is. Um, but for me personally, I always try to look at the team organization because that's what I was brought up in for so long and just realize that everybody has something to bring to the table. Um, not everybody's always going to have all the answers. Not everybody's always going to make you know, the right calls, but that's why we're there as a team to back each other up and get through whatever that is, whatever, whatever it is you guys are dealt with. Um, just jump in, engage, you know, have a good goal and state and, uh, you'll get out all right. And, and, and then have the reality that sometimes (laughs) you're my dog in the background. Sorry. Uh, She's, she's a puppy. Um, you'll get out of it. All right. And, and, but just know at the end, at the end of the day, that sometimes you won't, you know, and you do everything right and things can still go wrong. And, uh, I think that we can get into that later now, whenever, but, um, when things do go wrong, uh, that sucks. Cause that's the build, that's the business that we're in. So. Should we, should we pause this? For <laughs> no, a second? you're good, dude. I'm just laughing my ass off. Cause my dogs do the same thing. <laughs> They're just like be fighting <laughs> each other. Like, Oh my God. It's like right when you have to like be quieter, oh, like you're trying to listen up. and then they're just like spazzing out and attacking each other. I get it, man. <laughs> it's all good. But anyways, man. So yeah, continue on. It's one of those being a first responder. If you're, it doesn't matter if you're wildland or if you're structure or paramedic or like LEO, <clears throat> whenever you're called to something, usually it's somebody's 
worst day or there's an emergency, there's obviously an emergency or else you wouldn't be there in the first place. Right. So right. let's continue down with that topic that you brought up there. And, uh, yeah, let's get into that. Cause that's a deep subject, man. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, whether it happens to you, like somebody personal in your, in your, um, in your unit, your department, your agency, um, it affects everybody. Um, if, if it, you know, the right, it's, it's a, it's a difficult thing to talk about. Um, it, when bad things happen, it's almost like, it's really easy to, to be like, Oh, what were they doing? You know, they should have never been there and all these things. And the longer you stay in the business of, of what, you know, these first responders do, it's like, there's, there's a risk, um, that's associated with, with everything that you do. And there's risk walking out of your house every day, leaving your house, you know, you can be robbed. That's something that's been going on in our area here more recently, you know, and that's a crazy thing to think about. Um, when I leave and it's like, man, my family going to be all right. There's all these, there's all, you know, the, the world is not a very nice place. No, it's not. And then now being a father and yeah, now being a father and, and, and being, having to be responsible for children. And it's like, man, <clears throat> not that you worry about it happening every day, but you think about everything that's going on in our world with school shootings and all this crazy stuff. And it's like, it's, you see it on the news and it's like, yeah, well it happened to you. It's, it's almost like it, it happens so often now it's not, you don't even have the shock factor anymore and not, not to sound like insensitive to that, but it's like, that's the world we're living in these days, you know? And it, it those things, when they happen, it's always a reminder. Like I was in Vegas the other day for a, a union thing and, you know, we're landing in the airport and we're looking at the parking lot of that that mass shooting that happened at the route 66, the Mandalay Bay, the concert. Yeah. You know, it's just, man, it's just crazy. And so then, then you think about the job and, 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 you know, police, dude, those guys, the things that people say about them. And I just, I feel for them all the time, you know, and and there's going to be bad apples and, and, and anything. And, And sometimes people make mistakes and whether it was, you know, freaking malicious intent or whatever that's that's on that individual right Mm -hmm. um i that's at least how i try to look at these things um but it's just it's sad that that we're in a place is in society where we can't you know just like look out for one another when those things happen and, and that's that's unfortunate but um it just sucks when bad things happen with people that you work with because they're not just coworkers and they talk about like, Oh, your fire family or your work family. Yeah. I know that they're, you know, you have your own personal family, but these are people that you grow to know. And again, it goes back to that, those relationships and it just sucks when they're gone. Yeah. You know, I just, I lost a, a good family friend of mine just lost their father a couple weeks ago and I was late. I wasn't able to be there for the service, but I showed up after with my kids, my kid had a baseball game and I just found myself looking for that person when I'm there. And then it, it's like, Oh, duh. Like, cause I'm here for him, you know? And w- once that person's gone, they're gone. Yeah. And you don't get any of that time back and you see the, what the family's going through and all that. And 
then when it happens in the fire service, um, it's, it's really easy to have those old feelings come back when maybe a friend of yours that you knew, um, you know, died doing what they love or whatever, or not even like what it doesn't even have to happen on the job, but when it does happen on the job, it's just a reality check, um, that we work in a very dangerous profession. And, um, even though you try to do everything right and, um, you try to manage and mitigate every single risk and hazard that's out there, manage the risk and mitigate the hazards. Um, it, it's still, you're, you're never going to, you're never going to be safe. Right. And, and for those folks that think that you will be safe, it, I'd love to have a couple beers with those people and talk with them and have them convince me that firefighting in any regime, wildland structure, whatever it is, is a safe environment to operate in. It isn't. It's a Hell very no, it's violent, not. unpredictable arena of work. Oh yeah. And, uh, and we, we are asked to operate in that and make and, and put all these different, you know, plugs, of, uh, of things that, that to, to make sense of it all and, and, and go out and carry forth a mission and accomplish that mission the most efficient way possible and be as safe as possible. Um, but we all know anybody that's been in the, in the, in the game, it's not a safe environment. It's not a safe job. Um, it's dangerous. Yeah. But also at the same time, man, <clears throat> I mean, you become vehemently, maybe not when you're like fresh in the game, right? Like you're, you're at first through third, even arguably like a fifth year firefighter. You're still kind of like, I don't know, almost delusional about how risky this job is, I want to say. But you come to a point where you become vehemently aware of how dangerous it is. But fuck, man, that's at the same time, it's invigorating. It's like, that's like the stuff that, just I think drives that kind of personality type and we love it it, as risky as it is. It's like, how else do you explain it, man? I, besides an adrenaline addiction. Well, yeah, there's that. (laughs) That's what makes it fun. Right. Right. That's what makes it fun. I mean, because it, and you try to do everything and, and put, put, you know, the benefit of operations in your, you know, to be successful, nobody wants to go in and put in all this work to be unsuccessful. Um, I don't, I don't like doing that. I don't think I like doing things the right way. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, if you don't, if you don't thrive in those situations and you won't be successful, right. I guess that's one way to look at it. And then on the other hand, there's always like the uncontrollable things that, you know, you never saw coming or you just had no control over and that's nobody's fault. You know, that's, that's nobody's fault. And then the bad thing happens and then, then you're stuck having to deal with that situation and seeing that happen sucks, you know, and you just try to do the best you can with what you got. Oh yeah. It's hard, man. It's like, you're sitting there witnessing the horrors of humanity and it's, 
<clears throat> sometimes it's, it's, it's hard to deal with, you know, I mean, especially when it's those uncontrollable things, and especially when you're like trying to do, uh, everything to mitigate or transfer that risk or move it around or like take away every hazard. It's like shit happens at the end of the day. Sometimes shit happens, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's funny. We get in conversations about like risk transfer and all that and shared risk and all these different things. Like I, some of those, those terms just kind of rub me the wrong way. Cause at the end of the day that, you know, and I, it's nothing. And I mean, you got command and control, right? You talk leadership stuff or whatever, um, command and control. The, the people that are in command, they're not in control at all. They, they make decisions. They ask, they set objectives and they tell people to go out and carry forth those things, but they're not in control of what happens. And then something changes. And how often does that message not get communicated back to those folks that are in command? and at the levels that it needs to. Right. And so that's where, that's where you're going to have those mishaps on, on why didn't you get that, you know, whatever it is, logistics, whatever. And then, um, it, it, that's a, that's a fickle system. Um, and you're always behind the curve. It seems like on, on the ever expanding incident, the rapid, you know, just take a fire, for example, they're burning faster and getting larger. And the last fire I was on, I was on, I was a division on a fire that was like 17 miles, you know, I think if I remember the, the map, it was like 17 mile drive from one end to the other. And that's, that was not a direct as a crow flies, right? It was like, it took me 35 know. minutes to get to the other side to get around through a city. And so it's like, how am I supposed to be in control of all these different little subdivisions and things that are going on? I'm not in control. It's like that of war mentality, man. I'm, you just can't keep up with it. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, and that was, that was day one, you know, and it's like, yeah, sure. I'll help you guys out go in there and working with a trainee, you know, who was going to go out there and deal with it on his by himself. And it's like, well, there's only one way for us to deal with this. We're going to split it up and you take this side. I'll take this side. It was his first day there too, you yeah. know? And it's like, I don't know what we have. Who's been here yesterday, you know, and, and asking the folks in the morning. And then thankfully there was some guys that were there where I could get some kind of, you know, where can we meet where we can make sense of what's going on today? You know? All right, cool. Let's go meet there. Let's get out of this ICP. Or, you know, fire's rolling down the freaking hill. I turn around I'm like, well, that's our division <laughs> Shit, <laughs> to get out there. We should probably go and figure this out. Right. Yeah. It was a short, it was a short lived thing, you know, but yeah. So then you go out there, you try to make sense of everything and you try to make good decisions and, and to have the best outcome possible. Right. And, uh, and we're good at it. We're good at doing that but you got to build those rapid trust relationships and trust is a very, very, uh, it's hard. It's a, you know, implicit trust. You hope people talk about, you know, uh, do you really trust that person? Probably not, but trust would validate or whatever. And then trust and then would verify, make sense of it. And then when you, yeah. And then you go out and then you accomplish some things together and, you get the job done, right? That's the, that's the whole, the whole goal there is 
maybe not, maybe not trust everybody. Like, oh, it's not a perfect world, but oh, blind faith is dangerous, man. The people that are there, yeah, go out there and realize that the people are there that are there. Like, don't build the barriers. Don't don't come across as that freaking cocky person that's not approachable. Just don't be an you asshole. Know, in I've general. been that guy when I was. Yeah, you know, when I was younger in my career, I, and, you know, three years on a hotshot crew, I thought I knew everything. Oh, he's got, you know, just being a jerk to people. And it's like, that's, you know, that was just culture earlier, you know, and it, I was in that transitional phase of hotshot crews where it was like, crews didn't talk to each other. But then it's like, wait a minute, that guy's cool. Like, I'm going to go say hi to that guy, that person, you know, like, what are you doing talking? And that wasn't even really a thing on, on my cruise. Um, but there was that going on still. That old school mentality. It's yeah. Yeah. And I think it's in a much better place now. Like people, you see the overhead, their buddies and they're saying hi and that's, that's a good thing. Oh yeah. But that's a cool thing too. That's a good thing though. I think, uh, that like over the course of like, when did you start again? Your career, your fire career. So in 2004. Okay. So you're about the yeah. same, I guess, generation of firefighter that I am. Um, so I started in 2009 and I think that you and I were in that li- that unique kind of time frame with uh, wildland firefighting where you got to see like the tail end of the old school and that transition into what we have today. And like some of it's good, some of it's bad, yeah. some of it's indifferent, you know? But uh, it's definitely changed, yeah. but that's a lot of things that have changed. That's not just like crew mentality and the stuff that we're talking about here with like attitudes and that like reducing the toxic environment and the chest pounding and all that bullshit. Honestly, it's bullshit. And uh, it, it yeah. includes like fire behavior and fuels because I was talking to Ron Boyer a couple episodes ago and he was saying that, dude, like the fire regime has changed so dramatically from when I was a hotshot. And I was like the captain and the, you know, the, the superintendent and stuff to nowadays what I'm seeing now, it's night and day different. And I don't know if you've seen a change in that fuel regime as well. Cause I know you've seen the change in, you know, I guess operating and people, but yeah, I, I, I think I've seen yeah, a man. pretty dramatic change in fire behavior as well. Well, I, I remember when Ron was like, when he had Fulton and, we we worked a lot with Fulton um, on the LP. I think back to fires in their neck of the woods, <clears throat> um, up in like Inyo Kern and LP fires, and uh, yeah, it always seemed like. Uh, and, and those back then were like the mega fires. You know what I mean? Like think of like the the Zaka, the Zaka two. Um, the day fire that, that came over and those were, those were like mid two thousands. Mm-hmm. And those were all like big, big campaign fires that, that had, you know, major, you know, acreage days where, where, where fire would, would blow out. And, uh, now, it, and that was, I don't want to say that that was rare because I didn't fight any, I didn't fight fire before, those ones. But at the time, those were like the mega, mega fires, you know, it's like, man, you've never seen anything do, you know, things like that happen before in this area or whatever. And, um, and now it just seems like 
it's 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 that's the norm you know that that is the that new fire behavior is the norm and uh yeah and and what's what is it's not it's not maybe just that the fire regime if if they say if that's the term that that we're using here um fire climate it's regime like what, fucking whatever you want to call it fire yeah behavior. it's it, they're getting they're getting bigger faster and they're being they become more catastrophic right and they're they're taking it but then again like a lot of communities have encroached into an area um that they necessarily weren't before mm-hmm. the wooing so that's yeah oh yeah man i mean it's everywhere so yeah. well where are people gonna um, go besides and, out that's like the whole thing and then everybody's yeah, dreams to have a, a little slice of heaven out in the you know in verdi or in Truckee or wherever you know yeah. Take a look out a window on a flight, just jump on a flight from Northern California to Southern California and on a day when there's not a lot of cloud cover and, and look what's under, you know, look at that elevational platform, what air attack looks at. And it's like, it's everywhere. Oh yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's communities and subdivisions sprinkled all over a very, uh, a very aggressive landscape you know, that loves fire. Oh yeah. And, and so, um, that's, that's the reality of it. And it's like, well, maybe, maybe this Canyon that you wouldn't have been so worried about fire ripping through. Uh, now we are because there's a lot of value there now in homes and lives and, um, that we're trying to protect <laughs> people's livelihood. So it's, it's a, I don't see it getting any better. I mean, this year, we've gotten so much rain. Right. And so, Oh, or I don't know. I don't know what fire season's going to look like. I don't, I don't like making that guess. Everybody wants to <laughs> play the super dry ball, years. Man. Yeah. We were talking about it. Like you're still going to need the starts in the right spots and, uh, in the right weather to, to push that thing around and, and, and help it go where it needs to go. But, um, it will never be out. Yeah. Never be out of a job. And, in the West. Yeah, yeah. That's 100% sure. That's 100% certain. But yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon for a fire to go 500,000 acres. Now it seems like that's, that's the part that baffles me. And yeah, it's freaking yeah. gnarly. But yeah, with these mega fires coming into the whole, I guess, picture and that whole, like, I don't know how we do business. I mean, it's, it's bound for that unforeseen thing to happen. And that's unfortunately part of the job, like we're talking about earlier. And so let's, let's kind of move that into like your inspiration of why you started hotshot up and like your motivation behind that, because you've seen some of this shit happen firsthand and you decided to create a nonprofit behind it. And I think that's fucking honorable, man. It's awesome that you do that. So let's talk about hotshot up and what it's all about. Like what the whole idea behind it is. Yeah. Um, so you, you said a couple things. Um, I, so I'm, I'm the self-proclaimed president of this nonprofit organization, (laughs) hot shot up. Right. I, I didn't start it myself. Um, I, I kind of, I've been managing it. I've been, I kind of took the ball and ran with it, but it was a collaborative effort, collaborative effort 
um, back when I was on Dalton and in, in 2016, um, and I've, I've kind of, talked about this before with some other folks, but, um, so the repetition, I'll apologize, but for those that haven't heard in 2016 was when, uh, we, we had some friends that, uh, lost their homes on the sand fire on the Angeles. And that was a Santa Ana wind driven fire. And kind of like what you said, like the mega fires, right? Like a 500,000 acre fire, mega fire like that's that's a nor- that's almost like a normal fire today right yeah we feel like we're, we're getting those all the time yeah it feels like we've adapted and, that to uh, normalcy now yeah, yeah right and um and that, that so the, the people are are dealing with these things and they're being asked to go out and 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 make sense of these things um and they don't have the re- the resources to do it maybe um, I know that there's a lot less crews that are available, but, um, not to get too far in, into the weeds on that, uh, back to the hot shot up thing. Um, that year was a busy year in SoCal and Sandfire was, it ripped. Um, it basically started on the North end of, of the, the Angeles, uh, back country off the 14 and Soledad Canyon ripped over the top San Clara divide went all the way to the front country <clears throat> within two days up and over the, the crest there, not the crest highway, but the Santa Clara divide. Um, and then burned down into, uh, Pacoima Canyon. And then, it, I mean, it was impressive, man. You watch this thing burn all the way across and then it got hung up and then the onshore winds started surfacing and this thing just did a one eighty and, right back the other way just burnt yeah just right underneath everything it just burned within like a two-hour period and then it just started racing the other way and then it ripped back up Pacoima Canyon towards Bear Divide and Camp 9 and ultimately I think it was Big Bear that was up on top and they started dragging fire on the top and then (laughs) brought it back down to Placerita Canyon but you're talking about a very large footprint of some, some good country on the, the West end of, of the, what they used to call the Los Angeles river ranger district, mm-hmm. which is now called the gateway on the Angeles. Right. And so I, that's where I spent my whole career on that side and on the East end of the Angeles on the Baldy side, both impressive places to, to fight fire, especially with, uh, with Santa Ana conditions. Um, but during that time, um, there was some residents that were at Bear Divide, friends of ours that burnt down and, uh, they lost, they lost it all. And during that, also that same time of year, we had been fighting fire. We were kind of sistered up with a, with a crew. Um, I want to say it was the season before, uh, with, uh, with hotshot. It might, um, what was it? Horseshoe Meadow hotshots. Um, and that's when Frankie was, was had his battle through cancer, with cancer. And, and ultimately he ended up passing away. Um, and that we, we, we were on a project one day and we were all kind of bummed out about all this, 
thing, these things that were happening. And we just were like, well, let's do something about it. You know, let's not just talk about how bummed out this is. And, and, you know, let's, let's try to, let's try to make something positive out of all this bad, which is something you kind of just do as in the fire service, right? Like you said, you show up on a bad day and you try, it's not your problem, but you try to help with that problem. Yeah. You're going to you know, polish you're not some turds every it. once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, and it, and it's like, sometimes you, you know, in, in, in these circumstances, it's, uh, you know, you start feeling for those individuals and back to those relationships and that, that, you know, accomplishing things together. Um, you, you, that's what brings that bond closer. Um, and that's the, <coughs> that's where we were like, well, let's, let's do something. And and so <clears throat> a bunch of the guys on the crew and this one, this one cat, Efren, super cool guy. Um, he actually works for in Alaska now, uh, Anchorage fire department. And, uh, his, his wife was originally from Alaska and I always used to mess with them and be like, dude, you're going to go be an Eskimo now. And <laughs> he loves it up there, you know, and it, it's, it's so rad. And we, we actually had a, an assignment to Alaska in like 2018 or something like that. Nice. It's, it's a rad spot. It's you know, cool, it's, man. It's way up there. The sun didn't, yeah, the sun never went down and the, the mosquitoes are heinous, <laughs> but I'm not going to complain about our assignment. We had it pretty sweet where we were. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, he, he was like, Hey, what do you, what about volleyball? Cause that's something we always used to play at Dalton for our 601, you know, and at the end of the week on a Friday, which would have been like a Wednesday, I think, I think we had Thursday, Friday, Saturdays off on a 410, which was very, the very sought after schedule these days, which has been taken away from folks and they're pretty upset about it, but people are pissed about that. I wish them the best to yeah. You know, and that, that's, that's another thing that was, that was good for the the people. Right. And I don't know what the agendas are and I just, I don't understand it, but, um, hopefully whatever it is that they're doing, it's going to work out for the better. But, um, so we, we would play volleyball and maybe, you know, have a couple, uh, sodas after hours and, 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 we just call it slam jam. Right. And so guys, alumni would come, you know, they'd come and we'd play volleyball and that was always just a good way to end the week and blow off some stress or whatever. And we wouldn't worry about work. And some of us would be grumbling about work or talking about whatever. And, uh, but we play a little bit of volleyball. And so we said, okay, volleyball, what do we do? Beach volleyball tournament. Boom. Let's do it. Right. And then so here's the guys with great ideas. And me and you were talking about, I was that guy earlier, right. About having a good idea about something and then not being the guy to carry it out. So, uh, I ended up kind of just saying, all right. And, and, and a couple other guys, we all just kind of jumped on it, and, um, to make it happen. And I just, I keep driving the spike here to, to keep it going. Um, and so that first that first tournament, that first event that we had, it, it, I think we had maybe like 13 teams or something, 12 teams. I don't remember, but, um, what we wanted to do, we couldn't do because we weren't a nonprofit and that was right in the infancy stages of the U S hotshot association. And so I reached out 
to some friends of mine that were <clears throat> on the board with them and still currently on the board. Um, Superintendent uh, Mike Allard, um at the time, um, he was retired, but involved with this. And then um, Stan Stewart, super <laughs> Padre, retired. Um, he's, re- he's, he's passed since then. Yeah. Um, and, but talking with those guys and telling them what we wanted to do. And, and, uh, and I, I talked to quite a few of them still do. And, and, uh, and they, they agreed to saying, yeah, let's, you guys will figure it out. You know, Stan, Stan wanted to do whatever he could. And, and we were there to, to say, Hey, yeah, well, we want to put this on. Let's use your organization as the, uh, the umbrella and the, the entity that will receive donations. And then you guys can turn around and whatever money we raise, we'll raise money and give it to the families that lost their homes and give it to the family of Frankie to help out with whatever we could to the guys from Horseshoe. And, um, and that's how we got the ball moving with hot shot up. And then every year it was just like, Oh, who are we going to do it for next year? and still working with us hotshot association. And then Eric Marsh foundation came in. Um, they wanted to, to be a part of it. And so we brought them in and then, uh, <clears throat> then COVID hit and that, that took some, some of the wind out of our sails because we couldn't do this event anymore. Yeah. So that's when talking with, with a buddy of mine that who is my, the VP, his name's Ryan. He, he also worked on Dalton with me and then now he works for Ventura County fire. Um, and, uh, that's kind of where this whole thing started is his, uh, his family helped to fund the first, the first, uh, they actually funded the whole thing. Oh, damn. Um, the first event. Yeah. They funded the whole thing because his family has a big background in charity and really like believed in what we wanted to do. And, um, and so that's, that's kind of how the whole thing was born. And then in 2020, um, because of COVID, that's when, when me and him started chatting and decided to turn this into its own nonprofit. And aside from the event, um, and the event is one thing, the organization is another, um, that's kind of like our flagship event, right? Like our intentions are to continue to do that, provided that people want to still support and people want to come out and play volleyball and, and have a good time while doing it. Yeah. It's like um, a community component. And of then it. like a community. Yeah. Event. And it's a, it's a, yeah. And it's a great place for, for people to come out and it's at the beach and just kind of like kick your shoes off, you know, guys that want to play volleyball and get all jazzed up on the competition. It's pretty funny. Um, guys get into it and it, it's good. It's healthy competition. And, and, um, and so shoot, I mean, last year we had, I think 30 teams, um, 30 and, uh, I think we had 36 person teams. Yeah. Um, this year we're floating, uh, we still got spots open and everybody likes to wait till the last minute. Um, it's April 15th. So if you're, if you're coming, sign up, it helps us out with the planning and logistics and everything. Um, and then we get people that sign up last day. I don't like turning people away, but we do have a max capacity at 32 this year. Um, it's at a new location. 
it's at San Buena, uh, it used to be at San Buena Ventura State Beach, but that place got hammered with the, the winter storms, and the surf and took out volleyball courts and there's the sands all jacked up. So we actually moved the event to, um, Harbor Cove beach, which is, uh, located at 1990 Spinnaker drive in Ventura. It's, it's a good spot. Um, there's a, there's, a the people that lease out the courts there. Um, it's a private, private leasing. Um, it's called Rincon volleyball or Harbor beach cove courts. Um, I tag them in all of our stuff for on Instagram or whatever. And, uh, they're, they're, they're giving us an awesome opportunity to have it there. They, they take care of their courts there pretty well. And, um, there's the Harbor Cove village, which is right across the street. And, uh, we got some local, uh, local business going to be doing the catering for us. Um, some Mexican food and some Greek food, which is kind of hell yeah, been the theme of our event. Um, it's Margarita Villa and the Greek restaurant. I forget the name of it, but um, I don't have it on hand. But they'll they'll be there. The owner is 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 going to be doing the kid. He was all he was all over it. He was stoked to 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 want to do it. That's um, right, dude. And but it's going to be a little tighter this year too. So interested to see how it's all going to pan out with how many people come. Um, but it's a good time. I don't want to, I mean, I could go down a, a list of folks that are helping us do that, but I yeah, think I'll do that in a minute. Um, but the, the event has our mission in, in turning this into a nonprofit was like, well, what are we going to do? We don't want to, you know, be stepping on people's toes, you know, with the U S hotshot association or Eric Marsh or, wildland firefighter friend or anything like that. And, and now crossing over from the, the, the wildland side to the structured firefighting side, I'm like, well, why let's just do it for just firefighters. You know, um, any firefighter line of duty death, um, can be where we can have an impact and support and, and how we do that, um, throughout this, you know, annual year or whatever we will choose who we do it for cause we do have our normal everyday jobs and family. Right. And so I, I can't dedicate my existence to this. Although sometimes it feels like I do. Um, I can feel you there, bro. For as much time as, as I, yeah, for, <laughs> for as much time as I can dedicate to it. Um, we will, we will pick a line of duty death or a, a, several line of duty death firefighters annually. And we will raise funds to support their family to do what they wish, um, with those funds. And so, um, we're not generating, you know, millions of dollars here. It's, 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 it's more than just raising money. It's about that community and, and, and bringing people together. Um, because that when all this, when, when these bad things happen and the agencies come in and they do what they do, um, and if you've ever been to one, and I'm sure you have, you see all that's great in the fire service, right? But then when it's all done and it goes away, then, you know, I, where we come in is kind of just like, Hey, we, we heard about what happened and, um, whether we know that person or not, like this year, I didn't, I didn't know those people. I can talk to you a little bit about how we chose who we chose this year. Um, but, uh, and who those people are, but, um, it's also just to kind of show that like 
the fire service is, is filled and, and of good people. And we want to go out and we want to do good things. And, and we want to create awareness of, um, of these incidents so that people don't forget. And then just give them those families that, that day and let them know that like we care and we're going to do something about it. And, and if we're able to raise a little bit of coin to give them to do what they wish with it while, while bringing our community together, um, then that's plenty good, right? It's all, it's all, uh, it's all good stuff. Oh yeah. It creates an opportunity for, for fire departments that come out and for them to meet outside of the the fire ground, you know? Yeah. And like a, a low stress, the only stress is what place you're going to get in the volleyball tournament. Right. <laughs> that but, are your um, kids running around. <laughs> you know, they're, yeah. 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 And that's, what's good about Harbor Cove too, is it's in the Harbor. So the water's super, super mellow there. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be a little tighter. So people might not be able to bring like the full get up that they, that they're, you know, it's, it's a good time on the sand, man. And people, people have fun, but, um, it's just, it's a, it's a good environment for, you know, fa- fire, firefighters to bring their families to the beach, take a day, honor some of our fallen brothers or sisters, um, you know, give them that day to, to, and the families that day to show that, you know, even though we're in Southern California, we're paying attention and, uh, and we, we want to create awareness for those that, that paid that ultimate sacrifice in a line of duty death doing the job that I love doing the job that they love. Um, and everything that we talked about earlier, that's the reality of the job that we do is that sometimes people don't come home. Yeah. And, um, and so that's a side note on to when people don't come home and it's, uh, organizations like yours that exist for these reasons and they're important because a lot of people don't like to talk about the uh, ugly truths of when people don't come home. Unfortunately, yeah. sometimes there's, there's a lot of financial hardship, a lot of burden that's placed on the families. It's, I hate saying it, but death is expensive. It's ridiculously yeah, expensive. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. And it sucks. It's, it stacks it's, up, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we try to, we, we, we try to make, like we set a goal, you know, we, we're really sick and we're, we're a, we're a small fish in a big pond, you know, we're, and I'm still learning a lot about the impacts and, 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 um, everything that the organization can do. Um, so we, we set a goal for each recipient at $10,000 and, uh, that those funds that will get distributed to the families to do as they wish with it, you know? And, um, so that's, that's the other side of it is trying to help out financially. Um, but then the other side of it is showing those families that the community is, is, is able to come together and we're doing it in this fun way. We're not just sitting here like asking for a handout, you know, we're actually trying to like, create a good event that's healthy and a good environment for people to come and enjoy themselves. Um, all while, you know, paying our respects and, and honoring those fallen. Just that's goes that's to, the goal and the mission of Hot Shut Up. 
Love it, man. It just goes to show you that firefighters, they're very well known for taking care of each other. That's for damn sure. Yeah, we do our best, you know, I'm, yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. (laughs) Do you, you know, the community, we we could be doing, we could be doing less. We could be. And luckily we're, we're not, you know, there's, there's ways to move the needle for financially, you know, financial stuff like the GoFundMe's and all that stuff. That's a huge platform and it's easy. It's super easy. You click a button, you, you boom, send money. Yeah. And that, and then you did your part, you know, we're and that. That's all. That's awesome. That's, that's the way to move the needle. Um, we're trying to do it on a different level. Um, if the, if the needles, if, if the needles already moved financially, like, okay, well we can, we can raise some coin, but, uh, then again, we want to create, like I said, an, an environment and in a community where people feel positive about going in and participating in, in what we create, which I, I think, um, these events aren't, they don't just happen. It's a lot of work. Um, and that's why we only do this, you know, one a year, or maybe, maybe we'll, we're trying to start looking at maybe doing like some smaller stuff here and there. Um, but this one, this one's a lot of work and, um, it, we don't have a lot of people doing it, doing the work. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. um, that's where that, that's why it's, it's tough to do a lot of things, but we're, we're starting to add the, the more that we're around and, and the, the longer um, that we stay in existence and doing what we do. Um, the goal is to have more people take notice and start to utilize us and that it's there for everyone now, now that it, now that we are an official 501 C three, um, nonprofit organization, it's, it's not, it's not mine. It's not, it's not my, my bros, you know, it's everybody's now. If people want to use it for something, they can use it. And that's, that's, I think how we'll help move the needle for things, you know, like, and there's others out there and we we all know who they are and what they do. Um, and they're awesome. We're, we're another one and, uh, we're available for anybody as long as it meets our mission. Right. And that's our mission is supporting line of duty death firefighters. Yeah. And that's the thing, man. It's like, there's, in my opinion, man, I think that more is a good thing. That's, I think that organizations like yours and whatever other firefighter wellness fund or wildland firefighter foundation or Eric Marsh, all those folks, they have like, there can't be enough of them. In my opinion, that's they're Everybody's doing their part. It's just like little different flavors of that part. And I, I love that about the fire community, but, uh, as far as supporting like firefighters in general, I think that's huge because you're one of the first organizations to actually like come out and say, yeah, this is open to everybody, at least to me, at least. I mean, yeah. Do they, you guys support everybody. That's, that's another thing that's critical, you know? I mean, there's other organizations out there that do it too, but you can, you're the person who kind of said the quiet part out loud. I'd like that. That's cool. Yeah. I don't, I don't, um, I don't like, I don't like lines in the sand. You know what I mean? Unless it's the volleyball lines at our tournament. Like I just, it's, 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 uh, 
I, I'll spend more time tearing down barriers guaranteed than I will creating them. That's the way it should be, man. Honestly, it, it should be yeah. that way. Yeah. But speaking of barriers too, I mean, like you, you personally are involved with other organizations trying to move that needle on a lot of different fronts. So if you want to get into like the grassroots yeah. and diffy thing, man, if you can, I'd love to hear about like how you guys all came together and like you're trying to move the needle even farther. Yeah. Um, I will let, let me, um, so if we're going to, if we're going to get into that, I want to thank some folks too. And since, cause we started talking about hot shot up and I just want to let people know like who we're doing it for this year. Um, so this year's, um, hot shot up 2023, we are honoring Colin Hagen from Craig hotshots. Uh, Colin, unfortunately, on the big uh, swamp fire in Oregon, um, he was 27 years old. He was struck by a tree and he perished and uh, died from that tree strike incident. And it was a pretty raw deal um, from what I understand about it. Uh, It seems... And like I told you earlier today, like I got an email from his mom and, uh, I hope she, when she hears this, it, it, that was, you know, I haven't responded to the email yet. Right. But so she wanted to donate $150, uh, to pay for a team's meal that's plain because she noticed that we had a Mexican food caterer and that was Colin's favorite cuisine. So she's like, Oh, I want to do this. And then she asked me for a t-shirt. And she's like, I'll pay for it. And I'm like, you don't have to pay for anything. Like we're doing this for you. Like, that's so um, I'll, you know, I know. And it, it, so if you think about like, you know, the family aspect of that and they're just good people and everybody I, I talked to from the soup from Craig and his sister, Emily has kind of been my point of contact for this whole thing. They just seem like super wholesome down to earth, good people, you know? And, and when it, when I get an email like that, um, that tells me that what we're doing is important and it's, and it's good and it valid, it validates the effort. Right. Um, and so that's, you know, from Colin Hagen, Craig hotshots and, and, and this is for them too. And, uh, it, and anybody that knew him, um, that's, that, that's how we pick who we, we do it for. Right. It doesn't have to be, someone in California or, or anybody, anybody in the nation, right. That's, that's what the volleyball tournament's for. Um, and we can do this for other things for other people. Right. Um, but that's always, it's always going to be in line. The volleyball tournament will always be in line with that, you know, firefighter line of duty death. Um, that's, that's who we'll choose annually. Um, the other individual, his name was, everybody called him as Max. Um, his first name was Videl Max Fortuna. Um, on January 31st of 2022, he was responding to an outside fire, which I believe was a, a dumpster fire that was outside of a building and forcing entry 
into the adjacent structure to check for extension where he was actually shot by the building occupant and owner. Oh, shit. And because, yeah, and died on scene. Uh, he was 47 years old. Um, wife, kids, the whole thing. Um, everybody knew him as a good dude, both these guys, you know, everybody spoke extremely highly about these people and they're missed. Um, and so this is a, this is kind of a weird one with Stockton, right? So, um, when I found out that this happened, I was taking a class at red helmet fire training, um, in, in Rancho Cucamonga and his friend, everybody knows him as his ex. Um, I'm not going to use his whole name, but he's, he's pretty well known in, in the structure firefighting world. Um, he showed up that morning. I think it, I want to say it was like a day or two after it happened. And it, it might've been the, it might've just, it, it just happened. So it might've been the day before it happened. And, and when he introduced himself, it was like, I'm from Stockton and everybody, like everybody in the class was like, Oh, and like, kind of, you know, we pulled back and was like, Oh man, like, how are you doing? You know, I was like, what happened? You know, I didn't realize what happened yet. So look on my phone later and I'm like, Oh crap. And I hear, I read the, the news article and everything. And I was like, ah, this guy's going, going through a hard time right now. And, and so he was walking home to his hotel or whatever. And, uh, I saw him walking and I, I pulled up beside him and I was just like, Hey, and I asked him, I was like, dude, you need a lift, you know, give you a lift to where you're going. And he, and he told me like, no, I'm good to walk, walking. Good walk would be good for me right now. And I'm like, all right, dude. Just immediately like, I, I knew. Get it. Yeah. You know, like, just immediately knew. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm not going <laughs> to pry into that. And it, you know, my intentions weren't to like talk to him about this or anything. It was just check on, check in on him. See, you know, see if he needed a freaking ride. I don't know how far he's going to walk. Yeah. And, uh, and so he, he, I told him, I said, Hey, what's your number? Give me your, your phone number and I'll text you later. And maybe we can grab a beer or something, you know? And, and, uh, just kind of put myself in his shoes and, and thinking that maybe he could use a buddy just to listen, you know? And, uh, so I, I text him later and sure enough, he was, he was at the bar. <laughs> I was like, where are you at, dude? I'll come meet you, grab some dinner. And, and, and so I get there and I sat, I sit down next to him and we end up having, I end up drinking a beer or two with them and, and getting a burger. And we just kind of cut it up for a little bit. You know, and I tried to be, a, a a friend to him. Um, even though I was kind of a stranger, we had some common ground in firefighting. Right. So that's easy. And, uh, so then it wasn't until a couple months later when I, when I, when I talked, when I reached out to him and told him that I, I run this nonprofit organization and I'd like to honor his friend. And he was just like, Oh, I don't know if I'll be able to get anybody to come play volleyball. You know, Stockton's a, pretty hardcore structure fire department, but, um, they burn a lot in that. You can check out their videos on YouTube or whatever. Those guys are always going to fires. Um, but, uh, yeah. And he was, he, he talked to a couple of his buddies and I got into a group text with them and they're all super stoked, you know, on, on what we're doing and how we're, we're honoring his friend. And, um, 
so for the brothers at Stockton fire department and, and, and the brothers and, and family and sisters for, you know, from Craig hotshots, we're, we're doing it for them. Um, because we understand, you know, what, what that's like. Um, and knock on wood and thankfully it, it hasn't happened to me directly with someone that I've worked with on the same crew. Like I do know what it's like to lose a friend in, in, you know, in the fire service. Um, the longer you stay in this line of work, the chances of you knowing that person go up exponentially. Right. Oh yeah. And so, um, yeah, it, it and it's happened and, uh, it affects, it affects you on different levels. Um, so that's, that's why we do it. And, uh, I want to thank some people, my family and, and Ryan's family, um, who have always obviously supported us since day one, um, are some major sponsors this year. And someone I'd like to recognize is like a legally, like legacy sponsors is like mystery ranch. Those guys are freaking rad. Lucas, dude, you're freaking rad. Everything you're doing, um, with grassroots and, and everything else, um, hats off to you, dude. You're an awesome person. Dude, he's and, killing it. Um, yeah. And just a good, a, like a friend, you know, like we didn't, we, we, we never worked with each other, like directly on the line. And if we did, we didn't know each other then, but I just respect that dude a lot for everything he's doing. Um, also the California community foundation, which is an extension of the, the Walker family and Ryan Walker, um, is, is the VP of this, that Ventura County firefighter, um, who worked with me on Dalton, uh, dude's stand up dude. He's rad. He's a really good friend of mine and his family is always supporting us year after year and doing this. Um, Ventura County firefighter union, 1364. Those guys wrote over a check they do every year. Um, another friend of mine who's always supported us, his name's Lalo. Ledesma, he he's an ex hotshot. He runs a tree trimming service called the Tree Service Kings. The guy's freaking the best in the business. He's massive now. It's crazy. He started his own, like, started his own freaking empire with a pickup truck and a chainsaw. You know, and, and, and he funded his he funded his business from hotshotting, and now he's like he's huge. It's it's crazy. It's crushing it. everything he's done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's always, he's always in support, good family, friends, the Corys, um, they run thrash and supply co, which is like a motorcycle. They always donate gear and they always sponsor a court. Um, Lance and, 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 uh, and Courtney Corey. Um, thank you guys for getting behind us in, in what we're doing. Um, Marianne Stark runs a tax service for firefighters um, and first responders. And she's located in Laverne. Her husband was an ex Dalton hotshot and retired Anaheim firefighter and her whole family, all of her sons, they're all firefighters for different agencies. She always sponsors a court, um, since day one, those are like our legacy sponsors. Right. Um, also we have, uh, firefighters first credit union. That'll be their second year. 
uh, Niffy. This is their second year sponsoring it. Niffy Wildland and, and Max Alonzo. Um, yeah, Max. Was, yeah, dude, he's rad. He's and, cool, dude. And uh, he comes out every year sponsoring a court um, and also paying the way for two teams to come in and, and for for guys that have joined his his uh, his union and are supporting his fight for federal wildland firefighters in conjunction with grassroots, right? The fact that those two guys are working together is awesome. Um, I want to give a shout out to the Burbank firefighters, local seven, seven, eight earlier this year, we did a clay shoot for, to celebrate 25 years of the Monarchs type two hand crew, oh, yeah. which is the one that I started on, um, before I became a hotshot. And, uh, we were able to raise some good coin to apply to this year's. So, I mean, we're, we're looking really good as far as financing the whole event's going to be funded. And anybody that comes to our event is basically putting some money towards the cause. Right. Um, so shout out to them. Uh, we also have uh, prep and defend who's coming in with the sponsorship. So, I mean, this list is just, it's crazy to see this support, right? Um, they're going to come in and sponsor court prevent event is a, another ex Texas Canyon hotshot who now works for LA County and he runs his own podcast. You've good probably dude. heard of it or seen it. I've, I've been on, yeah, I've, I've been on his podcast before. He's going to be there sharing his, his business and, and trying to help people take control of their destiny in the fire service. And I'm just running down this list here. Um, and then obviously a, a big shout out to the, the beer the beer folk at Topa Topa. They're with us at everything. It seems like they're always stepping up to do things with us. Um, and so thank you to them. And then a newer, um, brewery that's in Fillmore red engine brewery. Um, those guys will be on site as well. Um, we, we got a lot of folks coming out this year, which is great on the support side. And, uh, so the more people that come out to the event and support it, the better. And it's all going to a good cause and going to aid us in our efforts on supporting our mission for the future. So I just want to thank everybody. Thank my family for getting behind me on this thing and supporting it every year. Um, because it's without them, you know, they're always jumping in. We're making sure it's helping me get things ready to go. They're there. They're helping at the event and, uh, and just holding it down. So it's uh it's pretty rad to get this kind of support um year after year you know uh so i can't i can't thank those guys enough hell yeah man so i had to I had to get that out there and talk about cause before we moved on um you know everybody that we've supported in the past um and all the crews that come out i hope you guys continue coming out um We'll see you April 15th, 2023 at Harbor Cove Beach Hell yeah. for this year's Hot Shot Up. Sweet. Well, shameless plug, anybody. It's open to the public. Come so, out. Question for you, though. Uh, where can we go to sign up? Like, where do we find more information about your website and everything? Right, right. Yeah, so just uh, the website's easy. It's hotshotup.com. So www.hotshotup.com. We do have some spots open still. Um, our max capacity is 32 teams. Um, first come first serve. We got about, I think 18 signed up right now. 
So if you guys haven't signed up and you're planning to just get it done, sign up already. You could pay for the entry fee later. Um, you get your tournament play, your meals, some, some beverage tickets and some sweepstakes giveaway stuff will, will be given in that entry fee. Um, so yeah. And obviously on Instagram, if you guys want to follow us, it's hotshot underscore up on Instagram and the same on Facebook. I, I'm not a crazy, like I do my best. I do a lot of the social media stuff. I do my best to make sure it gets on Facebook too, but I don't have the time to. So if there's anybody that wants to join our board and be our social media person and that we could use some help. I'm about so, to say, man, it kind of sounds like you guys need a little bit of uh, some volunteer work, man. So, I mean, can we just reach out to the yeah, website I mean, for volunteers it, or? Yeah, yeah. We have our, our email that's set up there. It's just the the normal uh, at Gmail. It's a hot shut up 501c3 at Gmail is our general inbox or they can reach out on Instagram. Um, it's yeah, you're, you're looking at them on the guy <laughs> who does your, people are always asking me who does your Instagram. I'm like, I do. And they're like, Oh, you're pretty good at it. I'm like, really? Thanks. <laughs> I, I have so. no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I just put music. Yeah. I just put music and pictures and, and whatever, but, um, yeah, it seems to, to work out, Yeah, you know, the, the words getting out enough to, but I, I know, I know there's probably some unturned corners that, that, and things that I don't, I guess I'm not really, uh, educated in. Uh, that's everybody, you know, man. I try to be as active as we can, but that's eh, social media <laughs> is what it is. It's free advertising. Haters going to hate, right? Right. Yeah. It is free advertising. Yeah, free. I, I don't know how to get that blue dot, that blue check thing. It was like, you need to get the blue check. And I'm like, I've, I've applied for the blue check and I, I, they keep telling me I, I'm not, I don't get it. You don't, don't qualify for it. Yeah. They keep doing the same shit. To yeah. me. I got one on Twitter, which is weird because that's like my least active platform. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know how the hell the shit it's works, funny. but, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, life's not all about freaking dude. Social media is not stars, a real right? place. <laughs> like the internet is not a real place, but luckily I can, we can host these conversations on the internet, which is, has a very specific. Yeah. And then we're going to put it on the internet. And then we're going to put it on there when we're done so that people push it and say they like it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, Anthony, man, yeah. I appreciate you coming on the show and kind of giving the background story about you and like the brains, one part of the brains behind uh hot shot up and uh, looking forward to yeah. uh, seeing how your uh, volleyball tournament goes sure. this year. It's definitely a cool cause and uh, I'm super into it, man. Yeah. Rad. Yeah. One day, I, I got to get up North to go to the, uh, I've talked with the guys from the vertical drop and, uh, man, I've been wanting to go to that thing freaking for like the past five years. And I, I would have actually gone this year, but they're, um, I, I can't, I can't bail on Easter because it, they're doing it the weekend of Easter. And my, I know. my wife has, uh, plans with the family. So um, I won't be able to make it this year, but hopefully next year, or maybe we can coordinate something for the future. But, um, I really just want to go hang out with those guys. Cause I, I know a lot of the North zone, uh, crews and stuff go and hang out at that one. And I'd love to go run into some of the, my old friends that, you know, 
I'm sure there's some people that I run up to and oh, yeah. run into that I haven't seen in a really long time. Well, but, yeah, uh, I always feel that that's a good one. So shout out to <laughs> those guys. It's a good if event, dude. Never, it's fun. If you can make it to that event. Yeah, you've been, yeah, obviously you've been, yeah. Yeah. I know all those so, guys. Like <clears throat> I know a lot of the Silver State and uh, Black Mountain folks. So I worked around here in yeah. Carson City. So it's kind of like second nature. Yeah. I mean, you, you live right up there. So yeah. that's rad. Um, but you, you asked me earlier about when we were talking about Lucas and about like grassroots and Niffy and all that, right? Yeah. Like you I, you're like, I didn't know you were like at, well, at first I didn't know you were like really good and tight friends with Max and Luke. And, uh, now you're kind of like kind of involved loosely with, uh, grassroots and Niffy as well. Yeah, I, I try to be as, um, so it's a weird thing. And, and I talk with Max on the phone mm-hmm. And I talk with Lucas on the phone. Um, and it's kind of weird with this whole, like in the U S hotshot association and, and the way that I try to stay involved with that thing with, with, you know, everything that they're involved with. And, and it's not, it, it's like, where does hotshot up fit in, in that? And I don't know if it, I don't know if like, it's a, if it's the perfect, you know, puzzle piece, um, or if it's even a part of that puzzle, but, uh, I guess it's just like the, the direction on where things are going. And I guess my, my history and and work experience and everything that kind of culminated to what I'm doing now with this organization and, uh, everything that they're working for, like I believe in. Right. And I want to support it any way that I can. And so whether that's me just helping them get the word out to our, you know, small little, you know, nucleus of social media followers or whatever. I just believe in like cultivating and fostering like good working relationships. And, and I believe, like I said, in what they're doing. Um, I think nothing but good will come from it as far as like helping the people. Right. Yeah. Cause at, at the end of the day, um, I'm just tired of seeing like good friends of mine get the short end of the stick. Um, and it, it's not that it like financially, whatever, I mean, just today and age, like in this day and age, we shouldn't be compensating anybody that takes on as much risk in the line of work that they do and be compensating less than somebody that's flipping burgers. And that kind of pisses me off, you know? And, uh, it, 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 it bothers me in the sense that like it, it's, it's a, it's a job that is extremely important. It's a very dynamic in, you know, unforgiving environment. And these, these are real people that are, trying to make, you know, do in an economy that is not friendly to any, I mean, I, I feel for those people, you know, and, and it's until those things change, like it's, it's always going to be difficult for them to advance in their personal lives, you know? And it's like, people don't, well, you don't, well, you got to move from Cal. I remember I had a chief tell me that you got to, you just got to get out of California. It's like, I don't want to get out of California. This is where I, this is where I want to live. This is where I like working. 
I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to move out of state to somewhere that I don't want to be for the job that I like to do. It's the other way around, you know, like I, I want to work where I want to live and, and be compensated appropriately for the job that you're doing. And, um, and so it's not just the money side of it either. It's, it's the retirement, that is it's the mental health. For, it's it's a, yeah, a litany yeah, of things. Man. It's all those things. It's all those things. And, and, uh, the mental health and just like the health of, you know, everybody that's affected by that individual. And it's like, yeah, you're gone six, seven months out of the year. And that's why there's so many, you know, divorces and, and I mean, let's be real. Like there's firefighters taking their own lives for what reasons? I don't know, but I know it's, that's got to have a little bit of something to do with it, you know? Oh yeah. Um, and that's something that people don't like talking about. Oh, bring that up. Suicide. Oh no, that's a real freaking thing, dude. And it's, it sucks. I think I I, I hear about that. Yeah. If you don't mind me interjecting there. Um, I think the most profound thing that I've ever heard from a clinician was the concept of normalizing suicide, like talking about it, normalizing it in a sense that like, as it, it exists, but it's always been perceived as like the elephant in the room, but it's a very fucking real thing but we need to normalize it in a context of, yeah, it is an option, but it shouldn't be your first. I just don't it for someone to get to that point in their own. To where it becomes the first option. Yeah. It sucks, man. And is it, is it cross people's, like if it's ever crossed your mind, um, man, I talk to somebody, please, you know, like don't, don't let that, plague your thoughts with, um, as it being a viable solution because it's not a good solution. It's not, and I'm not, I'm not a mental clinician. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not that, but I will be someone that listens and have been somebody that's listened to some, to someone that has brought that up, you know, and did my best to communicate that like, Hey, you're talking about some pretty serious you know, you're saying some pretty serious statements here. And like, um, I, I need to know if these are like legitimate things, you know, if you're just kind of popping off gas right now, because first of all, you're a friend of mine. Second of all, like I need to do something about that other than just let this conversation, you know, end with me and you. And, um, and then that person assured me that like, no other people know about it. You're not the only one. And I, I you know, I've been there and, and tried to help and just be a good friend and be a good listener and not try to solve their problems, which is something I should <clears throat> try to do in my own life with like, like marriage and everything. It was, hey, well, you're a fire, you're a firefighter, right? Hey, what do we do? We try to solve everybody's problem. Yeah, like, your professional problem. Help the problem. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then, um, but not, we're not going to solve every problem and just be a good listener in, in your marriage and stuff like that. It's, it's like, how come you can do it here, but you can't do it in your own. That's communication one-on-one, right? Um, 
So I get it earful all the time from my wife that I'm not listening, <laughs> but that's, that's how it is. Right. It, and, uh, she's always, and she's always right. <laughs> Sometimes oh, yeah. I'm not listening, but, but that's it. That's a, to, not to make light of this situation or discussion, but it's like, it's, it's so true. And, uh, it just sucks that that has become such a normal thing. And, and you got to ask your, yourself why, and if there people are finding themselves in a very dark alone place to, to, to think that that is the only option or whatever, there's so many avenues for help. But if, if, if they get pushed to that point, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to seek that out. Um, and so how I'm not saying that money's going to fix that paychecks aren't going to fix that, but there is, there is a, a certain, there is a certain aspect and flow of how things have gotten to that point. Right. And, and maybe if they can take a look back at like, Oh, why are people leaving these agencies in record record numbers? And are they seeking, you know, success elsewhere? And how do you retain the folks that you still have? Um, and like I said, hats off to those guys that are, that are just going to grind it out. And, and because that's, that's who they are and that's what they want to do. You know, like I, I would have been right there with them. I, I wouldn't have had a choice. I don't know what else I would have done. Go swing a hammer. Or, yeah. Could have jumped back into, I did a little bit of construction when I was doing seasonal time, you know, and like early on in my career, um, do that or maybe try my hand at, at starting a business or something, but I'm not, I'm not an educated man. You know, I, I don't have like college degree. And I started looking at those other things. Like what else would I do? You know, you know I was, I really enjoyed that job and, and that's why I miss it so much. That's why I try to stay involved with it as much as I can. And, uh, and that anything that's going to help what, what grassroots and what Niffy is, is, is pushing for. I mean, that's who's representing the the people, the people that are still there. Right. And I have friends that are, that are still there and the conversations that I have with them. Yeah. Some of those challenges that, that I was facing when I was there, they're getting worse. And so now there's, there's less qualified individuals with less experience being promoted into positions that maybe they shouldn't be in, but the job's there and they're going to take it. Um, and now they're making the decision and they'll, they'll get there. They might not have all the experience to, to lean on, but they're going to get it one way or another because they're, they're being put in that position to go out and make those decisions. Right. Um, and that shouldn't be taken lightly. Um, it's a privilege and, and it's a serious, it's a serious, you know, leadership position when you're out there making decisions for the fate of your that are entrusted to your care. Yeah. Literally right? lives are at risk. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and all kinds of different things, financial, you know, equipment and all this in a, like we said earlier in a very freaking gnarly environment. And, um, they just, then the recognition it's time, it needs to happen. And, and Max and, um, from Niffy and, and Lucas from um, grassroots and everybody that is supporting them in this, this coordinated effort that, and it's been there before, right? Not, not to say like it all came from somewhere, 
and that's kind of where I started getting into it a little bit into like the, the history of all that. And some of the folks that I know, cause I'm kind of like in this like middle, middle generational, you know, of, of like these founding forefathers, if you will. And it's all because from the hotshots and the hotshots getting involved and being involved with all these things. And there are some different entities that, that came before these, right. And if he's been doing their thing, and, but now they actually have Max who's it's his priority and they have someone representing wildland fire and he's got Yvette, you know, who's doing awesome things for them. And, um, and so now they're kind of both pulling from the same end where they were both going for the same thing, but they it's like, you know, one of them's on one flank and the other one's on the other flank and that's great, but where are they tying in? Right. And so now it's, it's like, no, now, now they both have some, some coordinated things to, to work towards together. And they're, they're both anchored in now working towards the same thing. Um, instead of coming from different, different directions on it. Yeah. It's and like we've aligned, like, is, yeah. yeah. Established command. That's, even. that's what's important. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, uh, they both have their different, they both have their different lanes. And so like, how did I get roped into that? I don't know. I think it's just through relationships and, and, um, and friends, you know, that, that I stay in touch with, um, Shane, you'll, he's probably going to hear this and he's like this mastermind, retired mastermind, you know, behind this whole thing. Like, but me and him talk and he cares too. A lot of us that are no longer there still care. We still give a shit, you know, and we always will. And we, we want to see people, we want to see people moving in the, you know, moving, moving it in the right direction to get it done. Yeah. So that's, that's the goal. And I think at the end yeah. of the day, even like, yeah, I mean, you're pretty far removed from like the federal wildland context, but I think the important thing is, is to have supporters like you outside of federal service, because in all honesty, if this goes through, I think that the rising tide is going to raise all ships because now state departments have to compete with their wildland programs. The contractors have to compete with their wildland programs and all these other third like party or like tertiary kind of fallout things that are going to uh, happen. I think it's going to benefit a lot more than just the federal wildland firefighters. I honestly do. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, I mean, at, at the end of the day, we, at the end of the day, when these things happen, whether it be a fire or a hurricane or tornadoes or earthquake, right? We haven't had one of those in a while. Knock on wood. We not it's common. Um, it's just, I wanted to know We all just gotta be, yeah, well, it, we just gotta, <laughs> we just gotta have, we all gotta be working together, man. And that's, that's what it comes down to. Not, not everybody's going to have the, uh, the expertise and everything, but a lot of people are going to show up and are going to be able to do what they can do to help out that situation. And, and when you look at like some of the major events, um, and wildland fire is just a great, um, example of that, but there's so many different things where, where people come together for, to complete the objective of, of helping, helping people out. 
And, um, that's, that's kind of what it's all about. It's like, but you know, we've been all the way to the moon and back. Right. And then, uh, for some reason in our new society, the uh, people have trouble going across the street to introduce themselves to their neighbors. And that's a, that's a reality of, of what's going on in, in our, in, you know, shame on COVID, you know, kind of watch out. For- that's going to come the disclaimer, right? But it did, it, it, it separated so much. Um, and it's like, uh, man, like, how do we, how do we get things back? What I don't even want to say normalcy, like, what's normal before, but like, um, it just be good to start moving things towards a good direction. And this is what we're solving the world's problems right now. Right. Like they talk about stuff like this at, at work, at the coffee table and stuff, but it's, it, it, as long as we, as, as long as, you know, people care enough to look out for one another, then we'll find ourselves moving in, in a good place in a good direction and then just continue to keep looking out for one another and, and uh, hopefully all of the efforts that we put forth will will put us in, in a good position to move on to the next phase you know whatever it is and the people that follow us and move into the positions that we hold and the jobs that we do will be in a in a good position to carry it forward that, that that's really all it is. We all, we only have so much time on this earth, so yeah, might as well do some good while we're here. But yeah, it's man, with good. that being said, uh, I think that it's important that we recognize the fact that it's our jobs as firefighters to build upon the foundation that was laid before us, right. In the service. So I think that grassroots and Niffy and what you're doing and all of this, like is all interconnected with the community and speaks volumes, man. It's, it's our job and we're going to keep pushing that needle. We're going to keep doing it. Yeah, dude, it is. I'm, I'm excited to, to see how, how all this, uh, all this kind of, I don't want to say concludes because I think it'll just keep, keep evolving and, and moving, but it's just, it's cool to finally see some traction and, and some people actually in some positions have to answer some questions. A lot of the times they get answered politically, right? Cause that's, that's what they do. Yeah. But it's, it's cool to, to see it get to that level and, and have a direct, direct line and, and, and kind of, you know, cut the crap. Let's, let's iron out some things and, and get something done. Right. And, um, and how, what is your, what, what is your direction, you know, to the, to the leaders and the, the, the policymakers and how are you going to fix and and do your, maybe not fix, but how, how are you going to do your part to, to ensure that there is some change moving and, 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 uh, developing a new climate for the next 20, 30 years. Cause ultimately like that's what needs to happen. Right. And a lot, you look at Mel and you look at like all those people that are retiring and the gap that's going to be, you know, even just in training, this got brought up to me the other day, like the Mel buildup and the, the, that call it like, they're not baby boomers. Right. But like all that big Mel buildup. Right. And then you look at like the implications of like COVID and 
that training gap that got shut down for the two years and all these people now are not going to, they're not going to be able to promote within those next levels. They're going to retire, right? Cause they're going to time out. And so now because of that, that big training freeze and all that, they, they'll never move up to that next level. Now there's just this huge gap of, of, of qualified individuals to be able to move into these positions. I mean, there's, there's freaking, there's, there's land, there's, there's areas down here that don't have battalion chief position staff. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And that's another thing too. The people that that? did stick around are still there and have those slides. They're bailing and jumping ship going to different, um, yeah. Agencies, man. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you, how do you fix this? It's called a mass exodus or whatever. I don't know. It is what it is, but you got, you gotta, gotta, gotta figure something out. Cause yeah, we at do. some point people got to answer to that, you know, and the people that are in those positions, they're going to, they're going to be held accountable for what reason? Well, in this, in this, example, things should be going uphill, you know, the ramifications and the, the consequences should be looked towards uphill, not going back downhill down to like those first year dudes that are going to have to now eat it. Right. And they had nothing to do with it. So there's just mass hiring going on and that's great. And you're filling seats and that's good. And I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not, I'm not here to talk about like you know, my opinion is my opinion. That's it. I, I can't solve those problems, but I am going to support those that are looking at the bigger picture because I agree with what they're going after. Cause ultimately at the end of the day, like some of those things I wish would have happened when I was still there, you know, but when I look at it, like a lot of guys that, that did leave, um, and where they're at now, I know that they're in a, a, a place where they feel healthier, um, at least mentally, you know, I think that's important because, uh, you got to take care of yourself first if you want to help anybody else. Right. Absolutely, man. If you're not in a, if you're not in a good place, it, then you're no, you're going to be detrimental. Yeah. You're no good to anybody. So we'll see how it could, uh, pans yeah. out though. But yeah, man. Uh, I mean, it's a big, broad topic and we could talk for hours on this one, but uh, I do got to take off here in a little bit. So maybe we, let's get you back on yeah. the show, dude. And like, let's, let's really dive into this. Like, get I don't know, maybe we can get grassroots and Max and you and everybody on the show. That'd be kind of cool to like really talk about it. Yeah, that would have been, I think that was the goal for Greeno, right? Who's <laughs> yeah, this out. idea guy? That's me here. <laughs> That was good. I think it was beneficial. I, I wish I, I wish I would have been able to go up there and hang out. Hey, it's you can't control the weather, brother. Busy man, life's busy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks for thanks for the invite, dude. I appreciate it. This was uh, this was good. And uh, anybody that listens to it, thanks for listening. And if you guys are interested, reach out to us. Like I said, this uh, this organization is there for ev- everyone and anyone that wants to do something um it's yours just as much as it's ours so oh yeah 
Well, I appreciate the hell out of what you're doing, man. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be sure to include all the links and social media stuff inside the, uh, show notes. That way you can have some access and ease of access to, uh, the, uh, hot shot up foundation here. And, uh, yeah, I love what you're doing, man. Anthony, right. thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. You have a good day, dude. You too, man. See you guys. Later, bro. And boom, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast is in the books with my good friend, Anthony Powers from the Hot Shot Up Foundation. Now, they are a kick-ass cause and I am all about having these uh, organizations exist as we definitely need it as a community. Doesn't matter if uh, you're stepping foot in the black as a contractor, a fed or a state or a parky, it doesn't matter. These folks are out there making a difference for the people that have unfortunately paid the ultimate sacrifice for our careers. And it's a hell of a thing that these organizations exist because without them, no, it's not like we make a lot of money. So uh, our families are going to suffer and we never know when our ticket is going to be punched. With that being said, kind of dark, but if you want to go out and support a good cause, you can go over to www.hotshotup.com and you can find out more about the nonprofit that they're doing, the work that they've put in, and the and the in honor of section of their website where they have all of their past events and who uh, they've been dedicated to. It's pretty impressive stuff. And in fact, this year's Hot Shot Up tournament and this year's uh, Hot Shot Up Foundations in honor of is going to go to Stockton Fire Department Captain Max Fortuna and Craig Interagency Hotshot Colin Hagen, who both passed in 2022 in the line of duty. Uh, I know this topic is really hard and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's rough, but we do have a dangerous career and uh, it's, we're lucky that we have folks out there just in case the uh, worst case scenario does happen to support our families that we leave behind. With that, uh, I do say go over to www.hotshotup.com to check it out and please consider a donation. They're a wonderful organization and there's other organizations out there that do amazing work as well. Go check them out. You know who they are. As for the rest of you, hope everybody's gearing up for the season. I hope everybody's ready and uh, yeah, we'll see what the uh, crystal ball has. Hope everybody's doing well. Special shout out to our sponsors. We've got Mystery Ranch, purveyors of the finest damn packs in the fire game. Go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check out the Backbone series where you can get your hands on one of those $1,000 scholarships. We've got Hotshot Brewery, kick-ass coffee for kick-ass cause. And if you want to get your hands on the best coffee in the fire game, well, go over to www.hotshotbrewing.com and check it out. We got the ass movement, of course. My boy Booze over there spreading the word about bearing your turds. If you want to uh, get a discount on all of your ass movement merch, use the use the code anchorpointass10 at checkout over at www.thefirewild. Just uh, look for the ass movement. And last but not least, we've got the American Wildfire Experience, aka the Smoky Generation. And they are freaking awesome. Bethany, you have a kick-ass organization over there. Keep it up. If you want to find out more about the uh, oral history telling project, go over to www.wildfireexperience.org where you can find all of it. Y'all know the drill. Stay safe. Stay savage. Peace. Peace.